The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. On 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. It's 2.06. Good afternoon. Brenton Dreger sitting in for Andrew and Jaylen today, filling in for the uh, the week as they're in Mexico. Good to be with you once again. Uh, really looking forward to this afternoon's show again. Uh, got some fun things on the way. Want to let you know now, in the next hour, between 3 and 4, we're going to talk driving. And I want to get your your pet peeves about driving. We're, we're going to open the floor, and you can let us know what your pet peeve is about Edmonton drivers in particular. Now, now we're going to get some experts to weigh in on this as well. We have a couple of driving instructors coming in studio to share a bit about, you know, what do you do when you're trying to teach uh, a young driver, when you're trying to shape young minds uh, and, and turn them into the drivers of the future? What do you do? And maybe get their perspective on what young drivers need to learn and what some of us more <coughs> experienced drivers also have yet to learn. So that's between 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock this afternoon. Pretty excited about that. In this half hour, uh, came across some... Some interesting research from the University of Alberta, and maybe you can resonate with this. This, if, if you're on the younger end of the spectrum, maybe this still applies to you or applied to you just a few years ago. Or if you're a parent of uh, some mature children, some older children, maybe this applies to you. Uh, some research on just how much millennials are costing their parents. When kids don't leave or leave and come back, what's the financial impact on the parents who are, at least, you know, you would assume, footing some of the bill. Well, uh, Michelle Maroto uh, is a sociologist from the University of Alberta who has done some research on this, and she joins us this afternoon. Michelle, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, uh, I guess you did some research on this. You crunched some numbers on this. Uh, What did you find? Uh, Well, so in this particular study, I used some longitudinal data that actually follows the same families over about 20 years to see what happens to their overall wealth when their adult children are living at home or when they're living elsewhere. And I looked at some different types of wealth, and I found that in particular in terms of people's financial assets, so those liquid assets, that type of savings and checkings account money that you often have, I found that parents where adult children are living at home have about 24% less in financial assets when compared to the years in which their children are living elsewhere. So we kind of see some relationship between having your children live at home for longer periods of time and the effects on parental assets and savings. So we're not really talking about like the long-term retirement nest egg. It's more kind of that uh, emergency fund. Is that what we're talking about here? Yeah. So we're focused on those types of funds that you would likely draw from in emergencies or just on a more so regular basis. And that doesn't necessarily mean that this doesn't affect later retirement savings. Because generally, if you're able to put more aside on a regular basis in a savings account, you're probably more likely to be able to also put money into your retirement account. But what I found in this case is that um, living with your adult children is very much related to those day-to-day savings and assets, which can be really important if you have some sort of emergency or a need to draw on that extra cash. So 24% less, I mean, what does that work out to? Is that, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month? Is it 500 bucks a month? Um, So it depends. (laughs) on what you have in there for money already. 
So if you're someone who's a bit wealthier and has more aside, there's going to be bigger effects in actual dollar amounts. If we look at the average um, savings amount, uh, which is about $3,000, the effects there are about $700, which might not amount to much, but if you think about how that might build over time, that does really add up. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing you're probably getting a lot of people kind of nodding in sympathy or agreement at their radios right now. Uh, maybe this will be a bit of a, might come across as a little bit of a dumb question, but uh what is that money going toward then? Is it a higher grocery bill? Is it you're paying more for water? Are parents covering their uh, their boomerang children's cell phone plans? Uh, what do we think this money is going toward? Uh, I really think it's all of the above. Hmm. So you have more people living at home. That's going to increase your grocery bill. That's going to increase all of your other utility bills. And you're also more likely to help out your adult children in different ways. So it might be paying for a cell phone, but it may also be helping out with those student loans as well. Now, I know there's, uh, when you bring up the word millennials, sometimes you get a different kind of reaction. Sometimes people like to blame millennials for lots of problems. And other people will try to say, no, 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 you need to feel sorry for the millennials. You know, they're poorer than their parents were. They don't have the same opportunity their parents do. But this study is suggesting maybe we should spare a little bit of empathy for uh, the parents of millennials. I think so, because <laughs> we often think about um, inequality or those issues that people are facing. We tend to focus on the single individual person, so that individual millennial. But this is showing us that those effects actually spread throughout households. It's parents that are affected as well. Hmm. Now, you've done a lot of number crunching, I guess, on uh, raising children, that sort of thing. I'm, I'm wondering if you might have some, some numbers on what the average cost of raising a child is, and maybe even how that yearly cost changes from when they're little to when they're teenagers to when they reach adults and they're still living in the basement. Um, so off the top of my head, I don't know what the actual average cost is itself, but generally we know that Uh, In terms of raising children, it tends to be more expensive when they're younger. You have more things to pay for, Mm. especially in terms of childcare. Uh, The expenses decrease when they get into um, elementary school, middle school, high school, and then they tend to increase again once they get into adulthood, specifically if you're thinking about paying for education or transferring funds to, say, help them out with housing or starting a family or something Uh, like that. Right. So when you're young, you've got the diapers, they're growing out of clothes like every six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <Yep>, exactly. <laughs> and then the babysitters, and then yeah, once they they're old enough to stay home, it goes down a little bit, and then once they leave, you got to help them launch. Yep, exactly. Um, so I mean, how common is this? I mean, we we have this kind of built into our our culture or our idea of what our society is like, but how common is it actually for young adults to live with their parents, and for how long? Mm-hmm. It's actually becoming pretty common in Canada. So really since about the 19 or 80s, 80s or so, we've seen these rates of young adults living with their parents increase. And in 2016, we actually saw that about 35% of young adults between ages 20 and 34 were living with their parents, which is a big increase uh, over recent years. Right, and especially when, when you bring that range all the way up to 34, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you know, early 30s, late 20s, that's pretty uh, pretty old to be living with your parents, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think some people would say so in this case. And a lot of times with people in that older age range, their 30s or so, these are also people who have likely left 
their parents' household and then moved back again, usually after some sort of hardship. So maybe a type of divorce or job loss or something like that that is making things tougher for them. I once heard somebody use this analogy, and I can't remember who it was, if it was a sociologist or who it was, but they said if you were to compare what it was like to... Uh, be a young adult maybe 30 years ago, uh, maybe 50 years ago, you know, in the, maybe in the baby boomer age to today, back then, it, life was a bit more like taking a train. You were all, your life was headed in one direction, and everybody, you know, got on and off at the same stops. You hit university at the same time, you got married around the same time, you had children around the same time, you retired around the same time. And nowadays, it's a lot more pick and choose, and you can, you know, your your life is on your own timeline and that maybe has some benefits and some freedoms, but also some real complications. Is that a fair way to compare maybe millennials and their baby boomer parents? Yeah, I think that's a good comparison to make. So people who study these transitions into adulthood, so the movement between some of these key life stages, like leaving your parents' house, finding a full-time job, becoming a parent, getting married yourself, there used to be more so a set pattern that we would see with this transition that people tend to follow within the same age ranges, but it's gotten messier and messier over the years where we see a lot of differences in how people follow these patterns and also whether or not they go through these transitions at all. Hmm. And I want to ask you this too, because you've been looking at the financial effect uh, on parents of having their kids live with them, but uh, sometimes you hear people... Um, I guess it depends maybe on, on who, you're, <laughs> who you're supporting a little bit more, whether it's the baby boomers or the millennials. Um, but there's that debate, I guess, about are millennials spoiled? They have so much opportunity and, and disposable income that they, you know, they've just ruined it all. Or are they actually you know, less well-off than their parents were, not as well-off opportunity? If you had to compare you know, what it was like being a 20 to 30-year-old baby boomer back in the day or a 20 to 30-year-old you know, millennial now trying to launch, who do you think has the more opportunity? What do we know about that? Is there a way to compare that? Well, if we think more structurally about what's going on in terms of the labor market and what's available in terms of social assistance and a social safety net, we can look at it and see that 30 years ago, it was a lot easier in many cases. Um, education, especially higher education, cost a lot less money on the student's part. So it was easier and to pay for this type of education. We also saw a very different labor market where we had employers paying higher wages and people going into the types of jobs where they could actually start a career and stay for many years and build on that. The labor market in more recent years has become a lot more precarious. So mm. there are fewer variable jobs, a lot of them have lower wages, and many of these jobs don't last for as long. So we see that growing type of contract work, which makes things a little less stable. And I could see that in terms of increasing anxiety and also in terms of leading people back into their parents' homes for support. For sure. Now, Marfus texted in here, and he brings up a, a good point. Uh, you're talking about a single unemployed young adult here, right? What if they're married and have one or two children? Now, earlier, uh, Michelle, you gave us the number that 35% of uh, adults 20 to 34 are living with their parents. Is there any way of knowing uh, how many of those might be single or how many of those might be uh, in a relationship or married? Um, so can't tell you that off of the top of my head, but I do know that single adults are more likely to move back into their parents' homes, but there are situations where entire families are living with their parents. So you have 
parents themselves and their children moving in with their own parents as well. So there's definitely a lot of variety in the types of household arrangements. Hmm. All right. Michelle, interesting stuff. Thanks a lot for sharing some of your uh, your research and your insight with us today. Great. Thanks for having me on. That's uh, Michelle Moroto. She's a University of Alberta uh, sociologist. The study is published in the Journal of Marriage and Family, looking at the costs to uh, parents of having their millennials, uh, millennial children living with them. Would love to get your take on this as well. Text us at 630-630. If you're, you know, if you're an empty nester or maybe you're uh, that age where you have some adult children living with you, how do you handle that? Do you charge them rent? Did they leave? Do they come back? Are they the boomerangs? Uh, can you not wait till they, you know, finally grow up and leave the nest or, you know, don't mind having them around. It's kind of nice to not have a totally empty nest yet. So let me know, 630, 630, if you're on that end of the spectrum or if you're on the younger, younger end and, uh, you're still living at home or you did, you moved away not, not that long ago. Why did you stay? Why did you go back? 630, 630, uh, to weigh in on that. We'll, uh, come back with more of your feedback here on 630 Chet. It's 2.20, Brenton Dreger, uh, waiting for your text at 6.30, 6.30. How do you handle uh, adult children living at home? Do you charge them rent? Do you just want them to launch already, or are you kind of happy to have the company? Or if you're on the younger end of the spectrum and you're still at home, or you didn't, it wasn't that many years ago that you left, uh, why is that? Why'd you go back? A couple texts here to 6.30, 6.30. Uh, disposable income, a $60,000 house is $300,000 now. Also should mention, joined in studio by uh, 630 Ched producer Brad Whisker. And uh, the oldest man we could find on the floor. I'm just kidding. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just bugging you, Morley. Morley Scott, who's a, a parent of a, cou- wow. a couple of uh, millennials. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, so where are you at in the empty nesting stage? Uh, one down, one to go. That's uh, <laughs> Who's that's, how I, that's how I started my speech at my son's wedding last spring. One down, one to go. <laughs> uh, my son is uh, 27, just got married in May and is out of the house. My daughter is 23 and in her second year of university and uh, living in the basement. So Now, we were looking, talking about this study from the University of Alberta that found that parents held 24% less in financial assets and 23% less in savings in the years when their adult children lived at home. What are you going to do with all your extra money now that your son's married? Uh, or are you still paying off the wedding? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, give it to my daughter, I guess, yeah, is yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, now she knows. Yeah, well, that's true. Cat's yeah. out of the bag. Uh, well, she's never been shy to ask for it, I'll tell you that right now. But, um, yeah, it is. I There is... There is a definite difference in uh, the bottom line from week to week with only one child in the house compared. Although it kind of eased because, you know, we got to the point we never charged. We, we decided we're not going to charge rent if they're in school, obviously. Okay. Right? If, they're, if they're working for a living, then they're going to they're going to have to pay like regular adults, right? Uh, Jason ended up uh, graduating from school in January of last year and then got a job, but we knew he was getting married and moving out, so we let him keep the money and help pay for the wedding. So we're giving it to him one way or the other, right? I guess so, yeah. So we we didn't charge him rent for those, you know, four months that he was living with us, that he was was out of school. But you had a hard deadline, so at least... But he knew he was was leaving, right? Wasn't indefinite. uh, That wasn't an issue. We don't charge rent to my daughter, but I, I do notice even now, like, she's got a part-time job. She buys a lot of her stuff. She pays for a lot of her own stuff. And uh, I, I'm noticing a difference. 
Oh. I'm noticing a difference in the bottom line. Okay. There, there seems to be, uh, there seems to be uh, more dollars than days left when there used to be more days than dollars uh-huh. left till payday. You know what I mean? Brad, how old were you when you uh, left home? For the first time? <laughs> oh. <laughs> 20. <laughs> okay. Nice. Very good. Terrible mistake oh. on my part. At 20, I wanted more freedom. I wanted to get out of the house. I wanted to get away from my parents and just being able to live free. And that was fun for about three or four months when I had to make those unfortunate calls to my mom and my dad asking for a couple hundred bucks just to make rent or to buy groceries. So it was a short-lived experience. And uh, after about eight or ten months... Had to make another call back home and say, Mom, will you, will you let me back in the house? And then hmm. that lasted for a few years until I moved out to Alberta. Was there a reason you chose to call Mom instead of Dad? Mom was more yeah. accepting of me coming back than my, <laughs> than my dad. More. Yeah, being, yeah. A, being an only child, I'll my mom you. was more than happy to have me back in the house. I'll even do your laundry. Uh, yeah. Um, for me, kind of the same. I, I, I went away to college. Like I, There was no school in my little town I grew up in, so I had to leave to go to school. And then I would come home for the summers, and the, my parents would kind of give me the free rent in the summers. And then... And did you work? Uh, I d- yes, I had yeah. a summer job. I was pinching pennies to try and pay for tuition and that kind of thing. And then I had to make some calls to uh, see if I could, you know, borrow some money to get through the school year. But at least I wasn't, you know, underfoot. Uh, text to 6.30, 6.30. I'm 31, married with two kids. My parents live with me. My brother's 29 living with me, and everybody pays into one basket. That covers the house expenses. Sharing is caring, especially with family. Wow. Sounds like a TV show. This, that's, a, that's a good, if, if it works, a lot of families that wouldn't work, right? Uh, but if it works, that's a great idea. I, you know, it's, it, it's kind of cool to have everybody together. And, I, yeah. and I, like, I like the idea, but in some families, I don't think it would work. Yeah, fair enough. But, I mean, they're, they're passing the hat. They're splitting yeah. the expenses. And you talked about at your home not charging your kids rent. Uh, did you ever talk about it? Was it on the table? Well, we've always talked about the fact that if they're not working, they're going to be pay- if they're if they're in school and not working then they get the free ride right but if they're if they're finished school and working then they got to pay like everybody else in the world right was was rent ever a talk in your house there Brad yeah it was it was a talk and it was something that did happen but it was minimal compared to what I pay now living alone. Yeah. At that time, I was I, paying... I don't think any parent will, would charge their kids the actual rate of rent that they would have to their pay Their mortgage else, per right? month. I know when uh, when my wife um, was living at home before we got married, uh, she was paying rent, and, and her mom just saved the money in an account and used it to pay for the wedding. So hmm. I think oh, yeah. my mom just took the money and then spent it all on the groceries for all the food I was going to eat. I could see that. <laughs> I could see that. Uh, hey guys, my son is in fourth year university, but has a year left. He's not taking only a 60% course load. Now he just plays more video games. He does not work more than 8 to 12 hours per week and does not volunteer or spend time looking for a summer job or more work. He also does not want to do anything around the house. I read that text because I that is a bit of the stereotype, and I wonder how common it is. Yeah, that's that's the issue. I think if if I think kids should be smart enough to know that if they're getting free rent and free room and board, that they should pitch in a little bit. And they should help out a little bit. Um, if you don't do that, then there's got to be a discussion, does there not? Yeah, and I mean, when I moved back home, my parents are divorced, so living with my mom, it was just her in the house. So obviously, I'd mow the lawn 
take care of stuff inside. If she needs some furniture moving around, obviously it's going to be me. I'm not just going to sit there in front of my TV and tell her I'll, I'll do it <laughs> later. Just be glad I'm here. Um, Walt says, I'm 34, moved out at 22 when I got married. I still have two brothers, 30 and 28, who live with my parents. They're not allowed to leave until they get married. I don't see why they'd want to. I have five kids now, and I'll do the same thing my parents did with me. Invest in taking care of your kids so they take care of you when you're older. I don't know, maybe that's a cultural thing. Possibly. It's circle of life, right, to a certain extent, right. which is, which is kind of cool. Um, and I'm I, I'm maybe reading into it here too, but I'm trying to figure out if maybe Walt is from a, may, maybe it is a non-native culture. Maybe they're first, second generation Canadians, and there's still a, some other cultures do have a bit more of that. Uh, that you're, you know, we're a family. We multiple generations living together, cousins or uncles and aunties living together. Yeah. Not so much in the, you know, white fifth generation Canadians. It, yeah, it I, sure does cut the workload, doesn't it? If you got, you know, the the dishes, you don't have to do the dishes every day. They need to be done, but someone else is doing them. Some of the, a lot of the housework gets done, and people nowadays, you know, let's face it, people work more hours nowadays, right? Jobs mm-hmm. require you to work more than what they did in years past, and so maybe with more people in the house, it allows you to spend more time working and more time when you get home, just recuperating and relaxing, because hmm. someone else is doing the work or yep. sharing the workload with you. Uh, and Jay weighs in on that as well. Has your research about millennials living at home included cultural values? Many cultures live with their parents because their families stick together and uh, take care of each other. I'll tell you this, and I, I don't mind. I don't mind. My son stayed, like I said, he's 27 now. He stayed till he was 26. Uh, my daughter's 23 and still in the house. I have no problems with it as all, at all if they're going to school. I'm enjoying actually adult time with my kids oh. because you you grow up you know and you're the you know you know you're the authoritative figure you're looking after them there's a certain point in your life where your relationship with your parents changes yeah. and i've enjoyed that with both my kids the fact that i don't tell them what to do anymore and i don't tell them to wipe their nose i talk to them about adult things now mm. and i I've, I've enjoyed having them in the house longer and enjoyed having those kind of conversations and that kind of relationship with them that's a really good point. 6.30, 6.30, if you want to weigh in on this as well, uh, what it's like having adult children at home. Do you charge them rent? Is it time for them to move on? Or if you just barely left home, why did you stay and why why did you go back if you were the boomerang generation? All right, we're off to the news here on 6.30, Chad. The 6.30, Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30, Chad.